Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Ms. Nilofar Romani will join us to discuss open skies. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science show. Well, becoming a fighter pilot is no easy task, but imagine being in Afghanistan and also being female. Well, joining us today to discuss her story is Ms. Nilufar Romani. Ms. Romani became the first female fixed wing pilot for the Afghan Air Force in 2012. She speaks three languages and has been interviewed for the Wall Street Journal, Japan Times, and The Independent, as well as CNN and PBS. In 2015, the U.S. State Department presented Romani with the International Woman of the Year Courage Award. She has penned a new biography entitled Open Skies, My Life as Afghanistan's First Female Pilot. Ms. Romani, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you so much for having me. What a fascinating life you've had. Why did you decide to put your story uh, in as a biography? Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, for a long time, I actually been talking and thinking about it that it's so important for me to talk about my life, the struggles, and the struggles that I had to go through as a female to be born in Afghanistan and the violence and every risk that we had to take just because I wanted to serve my country and make my dream come true, dream of flying for something I had a passion for. And I thought it's very important for the rest of the world, the generation like me, that when they read the book, they would appreciate what they have in life because life sometimes gets very easy and we get so comfortable that we take so much important thing in life for granted. And we don't look back. We don't see what other people in the world are struggling with. Just to have opportunity to go to school, the right to just be educated is taken away from so many other girls and other countries that sometimes we can take lots of stuff for granted that we don't even think we need to be thankful for everything we have in life sometimes. To not choose being a failure, always go after your dreams, and most importantly, believe on yourself, and which is the important thing. It's certainly a part of the here in the U.S. we're aware of, but we don't really have a good feel for what life is like there. I mean, it's certainly gone through quite a lot of change in just the recent past. Curious what it was like growing up in Afghanistan. It was very difficult. You know, sometimes even telling this story, even uh, writing the book, it was a very emotional time for me. It was like a nightmare thinking about all that stuff. In Afghanistan, I'm not sure how many people are aware of the little cultural stuff that is going on. The day that I was born, my mother got ashamed from her family, from in-law's family, by giving a birth to a woman, to a girl. Everybody ashamed her that you brought a girl to this world. And the first day, that's how they welcomed me to this world. And I was born in exactly during the civil war in the country that my mom couldn't even make it to the hospital. 
because the building next to our apartment just got bombed. And till nowadays, I don't even have a birth certificate. I don't wish that for any child in the world because every child deserves to be happy and enjoy their childhood. And as a child, I had to spend most of my childhood in a refugee camp in a tent. It was very difficult because the little things in life that sometimes we get for granted, like just have a roof on our head, just have a water, just have electric, just have a piece of paper to just write on it. Those were the little stuff that me and my other siblings we were struggling with because they were not giving it to us. They didn't want a woman to be educated. They took away everything from a woman. Just to have a right to be educated, you had to fight for it to be given to you. What kind of support did you have to be in that environment to actually envision becoming Afghanistan's first female pilot? Well, I always, always say that, and I will always continue to say it, that I have been actually the luckiest girl among the, all the girls in Afghanistan, that I had the support, full support of my own family, especially my father. You know, I always say that on the road to my success, I can never say it's just me, because I don't think I was able to achieve all this. And it was always the support of my family behind me, even being a little girl, you know, sitting in the refugee camp and not be able and not having the opportunity to just have a school or some type of education equipment to just learn. From that age, my own parents, they started building, um, you know, a corner of that tent for us that we could just learn how to write, how to learn and how to memorize things from the basics. And for starting from that age till I grew up, you know, even when I decided to be a pilot, which is a very risky thing to decide and do in a country that the men and the cultural and nothing allows a woman to even be educated, go to school. It's too far from their brain for a woman to wear a uniform. And because I had a passion and I most importantly wanted to be a voice for most other girls in Afghanistan that it's going to be a rescue, but we have to do it. If we don't, they are not going to give it to us. And if I didn't have the support of my own family, I don't think I was able to do that because so many girls in Afghanistan, they're strong. They're strong enough to stand for themselves, but themselves alone without support of their own parents even, they are afraid. They can't do it. I would imagine very risky for them as well to have those type of views, especially growing up under the Taliban. What was that like to have that environment regime and to have, again, that support from your own family against sort of institutional societal milieu that you were in? Well, that is actually the scariest thing, especially a woman or a little girl can experience and see. Because the Taliban are like, I will give animals a higher respect than the Taliban. I don't even count them as a wild animal. They are worse than anything you can even think of. Because living under that situation and growing up, I had a, even a nightmare about what I have seen in my life under the control of the Taliban and being a little girl. It was the scariest thing. You know, looking at my mother be beat up by Taliban. Why? Because she took my sister to the hospital and she was so much in rush that she couldn't even cover her foot. She had to put a flip-flop and she got beat and tortured just because her shoes, like her foot was showing. Like terrible things, like even talking about it. I had a close friend that was my neighbor and we were the same age. She was a little older 
And that's heartbreaking story even talk about it, that the Taliban shot his father in their house and they took the girl with them. It's just because they could take whatever they want, like uh, not even buying, just taking something from your house by force and just looking at the sister and the mother and the dead father on the ground. It's just scary things little girl can see. And that picture is still in my mind. And I can't even remove that from my brain. I think we can only imagine what that might have been like. Certainly the event, though, that changed the world, but certainly in Afghanistan, was September 11th. America coming into Afghanistan. How did that play out in terms of changes? How did that change your life? Well, to be honest, not only me saying that 100% of the women in Afghanistan, they would be angry with me. The presence of the U.S. in Afghanistan absolutely, absolutely opened so many doors for, especially for girls in Afghanistan, because before that, Afghanistan was under the control of the Taliban. And when the U.S. came to Afghanistan and they slowly start getting rid of the Taliban from the capital, from Kabul city, they start reopening the schools for girls. They start giving so much opportunities for the women and girls to be part of the society. They wanted the women to go to school, be part of Congress, government, military, and schools, college. And I'm sure... Every girl are thankful for that and forever they will be thankful of the U.S. for providing them that opportunity. And I am absolutely one of them as well because U.S. wanted the woman to be part of the military. And that's how the door opened for me because we don't have a civilian aviation school in Afghanistan. And the only route you could make your, I could make my uh, dream of flying happen, it was through the military. And by this opportunity, it's definitely made my dream come true. Tell us a little bit about your journey then to becoming a pilot. How did you get there and what obstacles did you face and how did you eventually achieve that dream? It was very, very difficult barriers and struggles along the way. But being like gave up or failure, it never was my option. All I needed was the support of my own family and I would have fought against everything. So even, you know, just starting by getting recruited, going to the military and just applying, I just hear from generals that they tell me if I do have a parent to support me, it's a shame for me to be here and shame for me to wear uniform. I would be just looking at them and explaining to them, like, are you ashamed that you have the uniform on? So what is the difference if I have the uniform on? So they would just think if you are in the military, you're breaking religion, culture, which has to do nothing with that. They're just putting that on people's minds. And they try to disqualify me, starting from the flight doctor that he just told me I have a heart problem and I cannot be qualified to be a pilot. So the same thing, my colleagues, that they were just waiting for my failure, that they will laugh at me that, yes, she was a woman and she couldn't do it. Very, they would try to break my confidence and they would try to give me bad feeling about being here. But I never listened to them. I always listened to what my dad told me, that he believed on me and I can do whatever I want to do in life and I will be successful. And I just fought against it and all the way till I made my dream happen. When you graduated, you proved them all wrong in a way. Absolutely, because they were thinking that if as a woman, I can fly the same airplane they do, it's a shame for them being a man and do the same thing. So they would 
just be ashamed of themselves. Like if I, as a girl, can do it, so people look at them down. Like, oh, you do the same thing. So even though they knew it, they knew I am doing exactly maybe better than them, but they just did not want to accept it because there is unfortunately the culture in Afghanistan that the young generations are. Very close-minded because they grew up during the civil war, during the Taliban regime, how they treated a woman, how their own parents treated their own daughters or their own sisters. They would look at me that I should obey them. If they tell me I shouldn't be here, I should listen to them. So it was hard. It was very hard to change them because all they saw was violence. But it was easier to deal with older generation because they grew up during the beautiful times in Afghanistan that everything was great. There was a respect for women. Women was allowed to be educated and be part of anything in the society. So it, it's unfortunate to say that, but the younger generations were the heart, the heart one to deal with. How were things after you graduated? Did they give you equal opportunity then as a pilot? What was it like then serving as the first female pilot? Um, unfortunately, all I can say, it never changed because it doesn't matter how many years passed, they still had the same idea. So we have a tradition in the Air Force and being a pilot, after you do your first solo flight, they, it's a pride and they just want to give you the kind of like complete the, the costume, like throw you in the pool of water. And that's what they did for me because I was the only female there and there was two American females. They hold me to throw me in the pool of water. Unfortunately, there was so many, my own colleagues and people in the Air Force, they published all these photos around the social media by telling and giving a bad view of me to the society that she's not a good Muslim woman anymore. She is baptized by American and she needs to be honor killed. Anybody kill her, it's an honor. And that's how people had an idea about me. And that's how they just, everyone, I felt like they thought I did something to break the law, the culture, the religion. And even looking back, all I'm thinking about, I haven't done anything wrong. Because I wanted to serve my country and be proud of wearing the uniform. That's how they had to treat me. It's just because as a woman, they always try to break you. And even in the squadron, I would notice most of the times I would walk in and I would be supposed to fly with one pilot. And the next time I just go back to the board, 15 minutes later, the name is changed because they didn't want to fly with me. And the same thing, they come up with so many rules and I had to fight against all of those, prove them wrong by doing it and showing them by my actions. It definitely took me lots of time, but it was absolutely, absolutely difficult to change all of them. Do you think your experience changed any minds? Did other women, do you think they might have had an easier time? It's difficult to say that it will be easier for other women to come along and try to do same thing. Maybe they will have it a little easier because all those people in the Air Force or in, this, in the society, they already got to know, yes, females are actually coming out and they are doing these jobs. They want to be a pilot. But the mentality is always going to be there. The mentality of being a woman, whatever you do is a shame. But I really hope that at least for what I have done, it made the life a little easier for those that they just come after me and they want to do complete their dream of flying and just fly and save the country. But as I mentioned, it's hard to change the mentality that someone 
if, if they are like 40 years old, 30 years old, the mentality they had, it's hard to change it over years because a person, unfortunately, with the thought and my idea, the way their parents are, that's how they grow. That's how their mentality grows. And it's difficult, definitely difficult. It takes a long time for them to completely change. But I really hope I made some steps at least easier for those girls that they want to be a pilot. What was the news that brought you here to the U.S.? So the problem was back home because, you know, the threat from the Taliban, it got very serious, including my own extended family, that my brother got attacked twice. They shot my brother and entire my family was affected with the threat. We had to leave the country for a short period of time because the Taliban was threatening me and my family that if I stay in the, in the military, going to be their last warn and after the letter they send me and when I asked for the support and help from Afghan government they never supported me they told me it's the time that if you want to leave you can leave nobody forced you to be here you know thinking about having no support nothing me and my own family have to support ourselves so as a pilot you have to do a certain flight hours in a month to be still current and be able to fly and perform your mission. And that wasn't the case for me because inside our own country, we were living like a refugee. You know, sometimes we had to relocate twice in a month, sometimes three times in a month. And sometimes we wouldn't able to even find a place to go to because nobody would rent us in a, such a short period of time. And, uh, you know, U.S. government, uh, U.S. embassy was aware of all my situation, that what I'm going through. And they offered me to leave Afghanistan uh, for a while to be able, at least, that people are after me and my family. They think I left there, of course, I'm not here. And the amount of threat that me and my family receive, it decreased. So I came to the U.S. for training to fly the C-130, and it took me over one and a half year. And I completed my training, and unfortunately, Nothing calmed down in Afghanistan. Things were still the same as I left one and a half year ago. My own extended family were after my family, my father. And it was scary because I still had other four siblings back home as well. And uh, my family had to leave the country right after I am about to graduate. And the last day of, you know, the training that I'm so excited that accomplishment that I received, you know, going and showing this to most of the girls that, hey, this is what you can do. And this is what we all can do. And that was actually the hard moment in my life to, for the first time, I hear from my own parents that this is not a place for me anymore. They are leaving the country and I will be all by myself and they wouldn't, they wouldn't be there. And that was the time that I had to make my decision that if I have to give up on dream of flying or save my family and their lives. And that's what had happened. That actually, that decision depressed me for two years, thinking about I put all our life in risk and how easy they made it for me sometimes that I had to just say, okay, I can't fly anymore because the safety of my own family is so much more important. So it was absolutely a hard decision that... I wish that never happened, but but it did. What do you think's next? Are you finding opportunities to fly here? Absolutely. And being here for seven years and 
for a long time. I never thought I would be back flying and the life might not never give me this opportunity again. But I have been blessed because I will always be thankful for the U.S. that they saved my life. They gave me another opportunity to live and have the support of the people here that I actually am flying again and I'm, I'm getting my instructor license that I do want to pass my knowledge of what I have learned during the years, during the combat in Afghanistan and be able to help someone that they have a passion for flying. That really makes my heart happy to pass this knowledge for them. And I'm thankful for that, that I am flying again. And I really, and that's not something I do want to stop. This is definitely not something I do want to stop because my goal and ambition for the future is that if I grow up in a country that I didn't have even the opportunity to be educated, to just go to school, and that's a very, very basic right for every human being. In this country, in America, you can make all your dreams happen because I heard before that they would talk about America is the land of freedom and absolutely every dream you have, you can make it happen if you really want to and work hard for it. And if I didn't have opportunity in my own country and I did what I have done, I absolutely want to achieve bigger goals uh, for my life in America that I have received this opportunity. I do want to see myself that uh, one day wear a uniform in the U.S. and serve the country that gave me a new place to breathe and live. And also one day hopefully run for Congress. Well, I think we'd be very lucky if all that happened uh, here in the U.S. for you. <laughs> Thank you. This is really a remarkable life story. I'm curious if you have some final words regarding your life, regarding your biography. Absolutely. And thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be in your uh, program. And just wanted to say that never give up, that giving up in life is never the way we have to live. Because always there is a day that we break, we fail, but there is a day we always rise and we heal ourselves. And we have to just keep trying and keep going and fight for what we want. Because one day we don't want to look back and just be very rigorating what we have lost in our life. Hopefully by my book, I will be able to give that impression to the people that reading it. And if anyone is interested that where they will be able to purchase it, to find it, I do have a website, which is neelfarrahmani.com. And um, that's how they will be able to find the book as well, which names Open Skies. We were just talking with Ms. Nilofar Romani. She has penned the new biography, Open Skies, My Life as Afghanistan's First Female Pilot. Ms. Romani, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you so much for having me. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.grox.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.